Hey, this is Derek D-Train He2. Tonight's episode is brought to you by... We're three brothers from a small town in the east coast of Canada. Golf has been in our blood since Caddyshack was at the drive-in. We've dedicated our lives to this game. Ride tree with them high falcons in the sun. Ride the bell on down at old 55. In the road is song that covered home. In the AM or eight hours coming on strong. Folks, we got another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. We got all the usual suspects in the house with us tonight. We have our producer, Patrick Uncle Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And our local nerd on staff, our IT guy, Robbie P. Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you mama now? And the all-around sports guru, Derek D Train. He too. What's up, D Train? What's up, sweetos? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark the Doctor Morrow. Oh, Doctor. Well, fellas, the, the NHL community suffered a tremendous loss this week, especially the Edmonton Oilers family uh, with the passing of Joey Moss. And we have brought uh, a friend of the program back to us, uh, Andy Moe. What's up, Andy? How are you? Uh, not too much, guys. Thanks for having me. And we want to talk to uh, Andy a little bit about, obviously, uh, Joey. And there's been a lot of stories coming out on social media, Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that, from um, the likes of the great one right down the line of uh, stories and memories that they've had with him and, and the organization. And there's, you know, a lot of people probably didn't know too much about, you know, who he was or, you know, what his impact was with the team until this week, which is unfortunate. Um, because he's, you know, been such a big part of the program for so many years. So we just wanted to bring you on, Andy, maybe just share a couple of stories with us, you know, and, you know, tell our listeners a little bit about um, how, how cool he was and stuff like that. Yeah, no worries. I can do that. <laughs> so, so Andy, what, what was Joey like? I know he was like almost a teammate, right? Some of the, the stories I heard were, was, you know, uh, um, if guy if he came in in the morning and the locker room was all messy or uh, uh, your laundry bag was in shambles, he uh, he'd let you know. Um, and then uh, even some guys said that they went on their first date with their wives and uh, they brought Joy along. It just sounds like uh, he was just part of the team. Um, I know uh, you can probably elaborate on it that uh, Wayne Gretzky brought him into the organization, but you know a lot of players former players and current players, you know, when they consider themselves the Edmonton Oiler, they, you know, they think about Joey Moss right off the bat. And so tell, yeah. tell our listeners a little bit about Joey. Well, I, I think it's understated to say that he was at a fixture there, and it, and it really did have a bit of a humble beginning. Uh, Wayne just brought him to the rink one day, said, come on down while we practice. And 
So obviously when you come down and the boys go on the ice for practice, there's somebody's got to get them a coffee and get them a donut and make them comfortable. <laughs> so that was, that was the responsibility of uh, the trainers and specifically uh, Sparky Kelchinski. So uh, I don't, I don't think as all the years went by, there was, there was nobody closer to Joey than Sparky. They were inseparable. They were brothers. Uh, uh, so Sparky, Sparky obviously uh, was notorious, a... Sorry, he had a notorious smart-ass attitude to the <laughs> players all the time. He kept us humble. And uh, wouldn't you know it, it, it was a natural evolution that Joey had a little bit of a smart-ass in him too and, and gave the players some crap from time to time. And uh, uh, when, I, when I think of the two wandering through the room doing their jobs, I get a kick out of it because there was always a grumble, somebody grumpy, pick this up, put that away, and Sparky would fire off, and it'd be like a little parrot from the other side of the road, and Joey would fire off, too. <laughs> so Sparky was the, the main uh, equipment manager? He was uh, Lyle. Lyle was his first name, Sparky, but no, he was uh, he was the assistant to, to uh, Barry uh, Stafford for all those years, and uh, so he had various responsibilities, whether it was uh, in the truck picking up visiting teams at the airport. There was Joey right along for the ride. Uh, visiting trainers got to know him really well because he was the go-between. He'd be bringing the visiting team supplies over, whether it was towels or shampoo or soap or whatever he have. So, I mean, every every training team in the league got to know Joey as, as uh, an integral part of the organization. Wow. Now, is this the story I heard was that was uh, Wayne Gretzky dating his sister or something like that? Is that correct? That's uh, that's absolutely right. That was uh, Vicky Moss was Joey's older sister at the time, and uh, just a few years older, as a matter of fact. But anyway, she was dating Wayne, and uh, uh, that was how Joey got introduced to the a locker room. And uh, in fact, uh, Joey's brother uh, Jimmy Moss was also a vital cog Jimmy was a uh, electronic salesman and I think there was a lot of TVs and satellite dishes brought from Jimmy over those years as well so they both uh, came in to be a part of the organization wow let's go cool. now would Joey travel with you guys or did he stay in Edmonton I think there were uh, during my years uh, Joey didn't travel but I think as time went by there was some special occasions where Joey traveled. And as a matter of fact, the last time I saw Joey was during that alumni event in Winnipeg where the Jets hosted that outdoor game. Uh, it was a fantastic event, and the, the Oilers brought lots of staff, former staff and former players for the event, and Joey was one of the entourage. So he was back to work in the uh, alumni room uh, during the alumni game against the Jets people. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Go ahead, Derek. Well, yeah, Andy, he was a – his uh, one of his favorite things that I read, anyways, was that he loved when that national anthem was played. Did you ever witness that part of it, or no? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> he would uh, during the course of the games, they would get him a seat right beside the bench, and uh, you know, if you were riding the pine that night, you'd be singing the anthem with Joey right beside you. He'd be the <laughs> man on your shoulder, belt melt the anthem. <laughs> nice. That's awesome, especially this day and age. I love to see that shit. You know? Yeah, that's cool. yeah. Now, would he uh, give you guys some pep talks every once in a while before he went on the ice, or did he do anything? I could see him, like, uh, you know, you know, if someone had a bad night, specifically a goalie like you, Andy, would he come over and tap you on the back and, you know, kind of talk to you after the game? Was he that kind of guy, or did he stay away from the players? Uh, I think 
I, I'm going to make my own interpretation of how this situation played out. But I think <laughs> I think Sparky might have been pissed off at a player or two over the years, but didn't have the gonads to challenge the player, so he sent Joey over to do it. <laughs> he had a rough night. <laughs> you had a rough night. Joey was in your face telling you to get your shit together. <laughs> That's, That's great. 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 So, Andy, what would you uh, – thanks for sharing those stories. It's uh, That's something that we, you know, obviously um, been thinking about. And as an Edmonton Oiler and what you did out there, we who who better to talk about Joey than you? Um, yeah. But what did you uh, think about the uh, um, Stanley Cup playoffs with uh, Tampa winning and the bubble and everything? How, how do you think that all played out? Well, I, I got to tell you, I think I was just a typical fan this year. I was a little – I was a little uh, unsure when it began in terms of the quality of the games and the uh, the ability for players to take it to that next level. And I, I think it, it played out the way I anticipated where, um, in my opinion, some of the young stars of the game, the youngest stars in the game, really took over the, uh, the playoffs early. And it let some veteran players get their stride. And at the end, it was the veteran players that were coming through uh, like champions like they are. So, that, I mean, that was my experience. Uh, my experience here with Dallas, watching Dallas play, some of those young kids were just so good early on, and then um, you know the the veterans in the in the organization here got going. Not enough in the end to to beat a Tampa team that was so deep and and so well coached. I really like that John Cooper. Anyways, uh, it was just a great series, and you know I, I think in the end I I I'd have to categorize it as positive. I don't know how everybody else feels about it, but I think it was positive for the Stars. Yeah. Positive for the NHL. Yeah, maybe be careful using that word positive these days. I guess it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't like to use. I don't like to use that word anymore. But it, it, you're yeah, right. You're lucky. It, you're lucky. I'm here. I got a fever. <laughs> oh shit! Better <laughs> have a mask on, Andy. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I got the 1998 Montreal mask. It doesn't do shit. <laughs> it doesn't do shit. Oh god, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty cool. I mean, as far as we've talked to some guys that were in the bubble and, you know, their experiences and, you know, I, I, who was it we were talking to with the Tampa Bay assistant coach and we were like, what, did they have beer in there? It's like, oh, yeah, every night. You know, it was like, <laughs> as a fan, you're thinking, oh, these guys never drink beer. It's a playoff. Yeah, we're hockey guys. We know what's going on behind the scenes. But, you know, it's kind of curious, you know, are these guys in there boozing it up when they got a week off? Oh, yeah, of course they are. And they're having ping pong tournaments and bet night. Pushed you know, off, so, yeah. Yeah, it's like hockey school yeah. all over again. So uh, it, it was <laughs> right. uh, some interesting, you know, stories that we've got yeah. for some of these guys. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't see the asterisk that they talk about. Do you? Well, uh, how 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 the playoffs came to be might be the only asterisk for me. How did we how do we end up on this many teams to attempt to get the the sixteen spots? I guess that would be the only thing that would be scratching my head about, but. Uh, no, as, as like I said, once the series got rolling, once you started to move deeper into the thing, uh, it was as it was tenacious and combative and and uh, as good as any any cup we've ever seen. Andy, do you think it, it was you know the way you used to travel back in the day, going from series to series? Do you think it was easier for them because they were in one place, you know, rather than uh, play a game and load the bus and hit to the airport and fly back to the East coast and get off the bus and get up and go to the rink. Do you think, do you think it was easier 
that they were in one location or no? Jet lag is a thing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So not, physically, so no physically, there's no question it was easier. Not, not even a, not even a chance. This was, this was hard, uh, accustomed to a regular playoff. Mentally, I, I think it was far more challenging than anything they'd ever experienced. Uh, you need, you need the mental breaks. You need to, even if you hate getting on the plane and flying home and 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 being on the ground at three o'clock in the morning and going home, and then you're up in the morning with the kids when they go off to school. Even if you hate that challenge, it, it's a good break. It's a good mental break, and I think that's where teams are challenged to find ways to give players mental breaks. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and, and that that's, leads us right into the next uh, topic we wanted to touch with you, uh, Andy. Is uh, you know you played for Boston a little bit. Um, I know Tuka Rass left the bubble halfway through the uh, uh, playoffs, or, you know, I don't know if it was halfway, but left the bubble nonetheless. His team was um, still in it. So. His way. team was still in it. <laughs> and, you know, I, you know, some of his issues were, you know, private. But, uh, you know, we're old school guys. We played hockey in the uh, early 80s all the way. Started hockey, at least, in the early 80s. Old school uh, before this new style of play, these young kids. Um I think all of us on the podcast actually said that there's no way in hell we would have left. Uh, that's just for, that's how we were raised. That's how we're old school. Um, what's your take on that? Well, I, I honestly, I think there's going to be players that resent them in the, in the Bruins organization. There's going to be, there's going to be some fences to mend. I think there's enough players that are understanding of how difficult the situation was and they're going to, they're going to welcome them back. But I, I don't doubt that there's going to be grumpy players in that group who felt maybe they had a chance to win if yeah. who was healthy and fully engaged. But, you know, having said that, if, if you're there, but you're not fully engaged and mentally committed, how, how, are you really there? You know, are you really the asset you're supposed to be? Uh, maybe, maybe that was a part. I don't know. Yeah. yeah and, if, and if it was family oriented, the reason why, yeah, I totally agree with you on that, not mentally being there, but uh, it would really have to be a uh, a big circumstance for me, family-wise, to leave the guys and leave that um, um, that locker room. Um, so I just we just wanted to hear what the old uh, Bruins, <laughs> the old Andy Moog, the said. old Andy Moog had to say. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, get the, well, if the, somebody's not in intensive care, right, and nobody yeah. died. Uh, you're you're being a privileged fuck because we all want to be in the NHL playing at that level, and you're just saying I'm going to go home. So unless there's something super serious that you can't go back to because somebody passes away, in my opinion, stay with your teammates. You're in the playoffs. You get paid a lot of money to do what you're doing, and you you could have won the Stanley Cup. Was the bottom line? They could have won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Was, two yeah. years in a row, they they've they failed to to win a cup. I think you might get an interesting answer if you talk to Cam Neely about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But he left early. I remember he left early that year. In a year too, he left for a while too, right? Say it again. He he left earlier in the year for a while too. I think he take a hiatus. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. There's there's, so. there's a there's a bigger story. Um, you know, I hope for his sake it never comes out because. Uh, you know, it's not really necessary. It's over. But yeah. It is a bigger story. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to try to get Cam on. We'll have to um, text each other there, Andy, and see if you can reach out. Yeah. <laughs> reach out to him, get him on. But, uh, well, we really appreciate you jumping on real quick with us, Andy. We wanted to get your, um, obviously, uh, 
your uh, take on the, the NHL playoffs um, with the bubble and the Tuka Rask. But, you know, unfortunately, we wanted to get you on and, you know, the passing of your one of your friends and teammates, Joey Moss. Mm-hmm. But uh, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing some of those memories with us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm so happy that you guys are uh, honoring Joey with a bit of a celebration, uh, asking all these guys, because that's, you know, some of those memories are our fondest, and uh, we get to relive them a little bit uh, in, a, in an unfortunate circumstance. Yeah, yes. and we're, we're a tremendous uh, amount of um, players and, and, and former teammates and people, people that weren't even on the Oilers speaking about him on social media, and um, re- really it has been, like, all over. As far as I mean, if, yeah. if you're if you're a part of any of those groups on on social media, you're seeing it like yeah. day in day out. Yeah. So it's pretty cool that everybody's come out for yeah. that. For sure. Yeah, it's been great. So what do you been, just before you get before we let you go? What have you been doing? You down in Dallas? You know, is, it gets getting yeah, to the, uh, the cooler part of the season for you. Maybe a little golf. What's happening? Yeah, we uh, we quarantined out in uh, Penticton <laughs> in the in the middle of June, so we took two weeks. And did it, and they were up there in the Okanagan until about two weeks ago, and we came back here. And uh, you know, I'm just in a I'm in a holding pattern with the Western League. I've been with Portland now, going on five years, and we're just we're just holding, we're just waiting to try and figure out when camp, if camp is going to go, and when the games are going to go. It, it seems to be a a moving target right now. Now I just heard February is the date, so oh, okay. uh, that's that's what that's what we're doing, and you know, it's it's. I'd like to be back at it, but uh, only in the right circumstances, right? Sure. Yeah, give it give it five more days, and I think things will change. But anyway. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we appreciate you coming on, Andy. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show, and hopefully you can uh, come on, chat with us again sometime soon. Anytime, guys. My pleasure. All right, Andy. Thanks. Take care, buddy. Take care, Sam. See you later. Hey, this is Derek D-Train, He Too. Tonight's episode is brought to you by... We're three brothers from a small town in the east coast of Canada. Golf has been in our blood since Caddyshack was at the drive-in. We've dedicated our lives to this game. Ride free with them high Falcons in the sun Ride the bell Pull on down I All right, boys, we have some NHL stuff to talk about, and tonight's NHL news is brought to you by Dormy Head Covers. So if you need to cover your wood, use a Dormy Head Cover because they have some of the best head covers in the business. If you haven't seen them, check out their website. Uh, Robbie, what's their website? You can shout that out for that, for all of our uh, Dormy listeners out there. Dormy Custom yeah. cu- head covers. Say that again. You know. There's a frog in your mouth. Dormyworkshop.com. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, yeah, they got sure. Pretty, pretty cool custom uh, leather head covers for your uh, your woods drivers, whatever. 
um, putters. Um, they make golf clubs. They make golf towels. Pretty cool uh, um, yeah. golf apparel. So uh, check them out. We uh, are actually getting some uh, for the podcast with our logo on it. So um, we're pretty excited. I mean, I'm probably the best golfer on the podcast, so I'm really excited. Easily, um, easily the best golfer. Nah. Easily. But anyways, that's cool stuff. So check us out, check them out. They're doing stuff for us. Big partner here with Blue Line Hockey Club, and we'd like you to uh, pick up one for yourself and use promotion code or discount code or whatever the hell they call them these days, BLHC, and that's your promotion code to get what, Robbie? Free shipping to U.S. and Canada. Word up. Perfect. Well, boys, we haven't really talked about the NHL much after the uh, season has been um, ended with the Tampa Bay winning the cup. And we had the coach on, uh, assistant coach on, Derek uh, Lalone, uh, talk to us a little bit about his experiences with the cup. And, you know, one thing that I wanted to bring up, uh, you guys can each, uh, we're just going to do one thing around the horn here tonight. Uh, I was Great. interested in the, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and what they've done Um with their uh, their bargain shopping, like they went to TJ Maxx for a couple yeah, of weeks, really. and they they hey, picked up fucking Jumbo Joe and uh, Bogosian from Tampa. So Bogosian, you know, was rented out to to Tampa from Buffalo and won a cup, and now he's going to Toronto. And both him and Joe Jumbo Joe Thornton are, are looking for that cup, right? So yeah. he's now in another situation with another team to possibly win another cup. How awesome would that be for Bogosian if he wins a cup up in Toronto? Yeah, pretty cool, right? I mean, the parallel, the parallel for me, you know, talking about Derek Lalone and the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. It strikes me as, uh, you know, with Toronto losing uh, so early, um, you know, Fuck. maybe next year we'll see the, the rise of the Maple Leafs, um, yeah. you know, with the adding of Jumbo and, Zach Bogosian. Yeah, I mean, I think it's great for them. You know, a million dollars, I think each guy gets a million bucks for a year, right? So they're already right at the top of their salary cap, um, you know, with all the, their forwards that they have that they've signed for mega bucks. You know, I think they've got four guys that get paid as much as, you know, some of the, the other... whole Ottawa Senators yeah. pick less <laughs> than the top four. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard uh, Joe Thornton's over in uh, the. Um, Sweden playing hockey right now just to just to get ready and some of the rumors were that uh, you know he was willing to play for nothing you know he signed for seven hundred thousand dollars I think he's made like a hundred I don't know tons of who knows shit ton of money in the NHL and he just wants he just wants to play until he um, someone doesn't sign him anymore so um, he just loves the game and uh, wants to keep playing until I, – I don't think he has that career where, you know, you want to go out with a bang, like, uh, you know, I went, you know go to the Stanley Cup and then, you know, whatever, I'll hang him up. That's, uh, it sounds good on paper. He doesn't give a fuck about that. He just wants to keep playing, um, play until he can. Yeah, I mean, the company, here. we'd always – think that uh, is more of an established player than Bogosian. I mean – Thornton signed a seven hundred thousand dollar contract, and Bogosian signed a million dollar contract. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me, to be honest with you. But um, well, do you hear Bogosian was offered more in Tampa? Yeah, which is weird to me. I think I think Thor I think Thornton is just more of a, like an established entity in the league. Yeah, than Bogosian. You know, I mean, it's just weird to see that he was paid less. You know what I mean? To to go there, but 
uh, like you say, I think I think Thornton's just looking at it like as an opportunity to win, you know, yeah. or possible opportunity to win. Anyway, and he's from there. Maple Leafs. I don't know. They, they're kind of. A, I feel like they're like a cursed team in a way, but we'll see what happens going. It's like I, the Red know, Sox. That's they a funny won. term, Derek, that you use, cursed team. I, I feel you know somewhat similar to that. that Are you a Sabres team, fan, Rob? <laughs> well, I mean, they're the team that's you know in Canada, the the the, the holy grail of hockey. The Yankees. The, the Yankees. Yankees uh, hockey. They used to win like the Yankees. Win. Well, talking about well, Buffalo, like Buffalo brought themselves from, you know, you know, every year I think we've been doing this for, I think we're going into our fourth year. Every beginning of each season, we, we, we get so uh, crazy about the Buffalo Sabres. They go like six and all or uh, eight or six, two and one. And we get Rob's got a boner every podcast. <laughs> and, like, and then they just yeah. stop, but. They just picked up some good players, right, Rob? I mean, he's got Taylor Hall. Yeah, yeah. Cody I mean, Eakin. They're back in the they're back in Eric the Stahl. Taco. Eric Stahl from Minnesota. I mean, they could potentially go you know, you've got Jack Eichel centerman, uh Taylor Hall, second line centerman. You got Eric Stahl, third line centerman, you just got Cody Eakin. Um Buffalo Buffalo is a similar story to Toronto, right? They they had Jack Eichel, right? They brought in Taylor Hall as another asset, uh, eight million dollars for one year. They they highly respect, you know, his play, obviously. So adding another, you know, quote unquote star, Eric Star, Eric Stahl will add to that. They just signed Olmark, who, you know, Olmark is a is a good goalie. Goalie, yeah, Linus. Um. You know, so for me, at least they're making the moves that I would want to see. They, they brought in some players that helped take the load off of uh, Eichel. Um, I, I'm still head-scratching with, you know, I, I, I wish Zach Bogosian the best of luck across the, the pond there in Toronto. Um, but that's going to be a head-scratcher because, um, you know, they're they're in the same situation and, you know, we'll see who, who does better. That'll be, a, that'll be a good game to watch, Toronto versus Buffalo. Not that Bogosian's like a big name, but for us anyways. No, but the, the reality is they, they just got rid of two high-caliber players and they both went on to, to win the Stanley Cup. So, you know, the, the decisions that are being made in Buffalo, there was something off there. Let's see if Kevin Adams, you know, yeah. how he does here. But, you know, from a fan's perspective – these are the the right moves. I, I was ready to send Stahl to, you know, hockey heaven, but uh, the we'll, we'll see. You know, the right players with the right combination. You, you just you never yeah, know. This is the, the right ideas. After yeah, so I think, uh, Petey, but I think the uh, I think the mojo in Buffalo is changing. Like with the with the Buffalo Bills, you know, they got a good squad mm-hmm. now. You know, like. The energy of the city is changing a little bit, so maybe the Sabres can ride that wave, you know. Um, I feel like that's how Buffalo's always gone. Like, you know, when the Bills are good, the Sabres were good. Um, I think uh, I think the mojo of that city is changing. You know, I think um, I, I do think it's promising for both, both squads, you know, the Bills and the Sabres. I, I kind of think they ride the same wave, and I think that city is going to kind of see a rebirth and some success, honestly. I know we've talked about it 
I wasn't so op, uh, you know like optimistic about it as you guys were over the last you know couple of years, but I think that uh, I think they will be good, and I think that the mojo in that city is changing. I, I'm not they, a big football. Lucky keeping Eichel, I'll tell you that much, because yeah. a, a high caliber player like him, not you know being upset and not happy and wanting to leave, you can pay somebody all the money in the world, but um, you know that's not going to give him what he wants, which is a cup. I well, got. I, I was just thinking, I think Eichel said, uh, you know, you better fucking do something here in the next year or two. Yeah. Or else fucking I'm not playing or something. You know? <laughs> That's what I mean. But on to Derek's uh, point, you know, I'm not a big football fan. I never was. Um, I'm getting into it a little bit. But that, that energy that Derek's talking about that Buffalo is bringing almost brought me into uh, being a Buffalo Bills fan. And, you know, I know Derek's a big Kansas City, Mark's a Giants, but – I think a little bit, we all kind of root for Buffalo a little bit where we're from. Um, Heck it. And I, and I think, I think you are right that like the sports fans and everything will get into buff. I mean, without even the football team being good, they sucked the last when was I born in 81, 81, <laughs> how old were I? 39, um, yeah, the last 39 years. So um, the fans are still die hard and for them to have a good football team could carry over. Um, yeah, so I'm with you on that, Pat, because, you know, obviously where we live, we have a lot of friends that are Buffalo Bills fans. So, you know, when I see them win, I'm happy for them because most yeah. of the teams they play against, I don't really care for whether it's the Jets or the Patriots, whoever it is. You know, I'd rather see the you know, Buffalo Bills win because I'm a Giants fan. who suck. But um, the two things <laughs> that I take out of uh, the Taylor Hall thing is that whoever he goes to next in 2022, <laughs> I'm going to put money on those motherfuckers for winning the Stanley Cup. And whoever his agent is, I'm going to be, you know, recruiting people to go to that agent because this motherfucker went from Edmonton, Edmonton. to New Jersey, to Arizona. Now he's still getting $8 million a year, even though he's a suitcase in the league and gets bounced around every other fucking year and still get 8 million bucks, you know, like, so his agent must be fucking loving life. Cause this guy's signing a contract every year. And don't they get a piece of that shit every time they sign a new contract? Three to five he's the Matt Castle of the NHL. <laughs> yeah and he, he's not gonna stay with buffalo after this year he's gonna they're gonna get rid of him he's gonna go to somewhere else and they're gonna win the cup and we're gonna put money out in vegas day one then if, if, they, if anyone leaves buffalo and goes somewhere else they win the cup automatically <laughs> <laughs> here, yeah Eight million, eight million bucks, and he did say he finally feels like a wanted player. Did you guys yeah. see that? He finally he feels like somebody wants him to play for him. Too. He yeah, didn't wait. feel wanted anywhere else. He went until he went to Buffalo. Wait until he, he, had, to, he had to make a gazillion dollars to feel that way. Wait until they need to get a payloader to move the snow in the front of his house and fucking <laughs> twenty below zero. But uh, how do you like me now? A lot of moves uh, goalie-wise, Lundqvist to the Capitals. That's going to be weird seeing him suit up, huh, in the Capitals, yeah. uni. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, for him, I think it's kind of a, a good city for him being in a huge market like New York. Obviously, Washington is another big market. And, um, you know, I did Hopefully see things. Vancouver. Like, yeah. And Lundqvist was, like, with his family running around the city on social media, and I think he's happy to be there. And obviously he thinks he's another guy thinks he's going to win a cup. I don't know what he signed for. Um, I don't know either. 
but you know he's going there to win a cup, right? So there must have been other teams interested. He thinks that's team the best for him because what the what's he got to accomplish now in his career? He needs to win a cup. That's all he's looking for. Um, the Rangers it wasn't going to happen there because you know, he's a third tender towards the middle of the season. Then they brought him back for playoffs and played him most of the games, which I don't understand. But uh, and they get rid of him. So you know, I, I think that's a good move for for Lundqvist. I don't know about the Capitals. 1.5 million per year. Yeah. So that's a discount, right? You know, yeah. it's like we're TJ Maxx in this shit. Uh, All you know, the so goaltender. I kind of like this. You know, I don't think Jimmy Howard signed yet. I, I know he's not going back. Do you know, is he retiring or, but you know, I haven't I heard anything. You still haven't heard. Uh, maybe he just hasn't been signed yet. Yeah, that's time. the thing. You know, like, do you need a good second goaltender? You can get him for a million bucks. Like, you know, that's a good discount. Like, I, I see these teams taking these older veterans and they're getting them for basically rookie salary to be a good person in the locker room, to be somebody with playoff experience. Um, you know, I, I like it. I like what yeah, Toronto did. Younger Tendi, some, uh, you know, good uh, you know, preparedness strategies or whatever they do. Listen to this. So uh, just talking about that, Mark, and, you know, picking up these hardworking – big name players in the NHL, the opening day of free agency this year featured 80 new contracts. So the first day of uh, free agency, 80 contracts were signed, totaling $302 million. Okay. Opening day of free agency in 2019, um, 126 contracts. So 80 contracts this year, 126 last year. Last year they had 708 million in contract value, so they're still down less than you know half. 302 million the day of free agency this year. 80 contracts totaling 302 million this year, and last year 126 contracts totaling 708 million. So it's down significantly, and you know, and part of that is due to the COVID-19 and their the cap staying at 81. A million, but you're right. I mean, look at that. They're down from seven hundred eight million dollars last year on free agency to three hundred two this year. That's and that's the move of these players. Uh, Joe Thornton, seven hundred thousand dollars, like he too said, like he's a bigger name than Bogosian. Bogosian is a big name, pretty just won the Stanley Cup. He signed for a million, so it's crazy. Yeah. Seven hundred thousand though, isn't is that even league minimum? Isn't league minimum like eight hundred and some shit? Nine seventy-five, like, your your um, rookie contract. I think more of it is about um, the the leagues have changed, man. Like NFL, NHL, they've changed. They're going and for around nine bucks. They're not giving big money to veterans anymore, guys. They're, they're they're it's more about establishing their team through the drafts. You know, signing contracts with young guys that are you know, have a lot of, you know, potential and stuff like that. You know, they're going to give them, get them in their third or fourth or fifth year. You know, these guys like, you know, it's not going to be heavily weighted in money. Like when you got like, you know, eight year veterans, you know, or something like that. Yeah. The, the league has transitioned towards building through d- the draft, you know, building through undrafted free agency, picking up players that were not picked up in the draft. So that's why you see that number down. I think anyways, it, part of it is COVID because, you know, who the fuck knows is going to happen, you know, next year as far as all this stuff goes. Nobody in the stands. 
Yeah, I mean, you got to get people back in the stands, though, whether it's at 20% of the capacity or where the fuck it is. I mean, you got to get this stuff going again. But um, you got, you know, I think it's more about the fact that they're establishing players younger, picking them, you know, in the draft and they're playing and contributing early, you know, getting them on like, you know, minimum dollar contracts, you know, those rookie contracts. That's why you're not seeing that big free agency spending anymore, man. They're just they're just focusing on younger players. It's a yeah. younger league everywhere, you know? There's a lot more of them now. A lot more younger players are actually playing in the league at 19, 20 years old, where before, you know, it was 25, 24, you know, yeah. they're, they're playing, you know, uh, PG year and, and then going to college. And by the time they get out of college, they're 24 years old. And, you know, the, the people in their juniors might have been younger, but, you know, these college kids are leaving early now, which we don't, you know, didn't ever see. Well, before. you know, that comes to, you know, back in the day when we were kids, you know, a lot of clutch and grab and checking and body check was, you know, you needed those uh, veteran players that could go deep in the playoffs. Now that, that there's not that clutch and grab, it's shinny hockey in my view. You know, some people do get hit every once in a while, but barely. So it's like, you know. You don't have to be nearly as, as focused on getting Yeah, hit. let's let's go to – Let's go to these young players and, you know, let's pay them some money and hopefully they pan out where, you know, George Thornton, all right, here's hey, – listen, this is all we're going to give you. I mean, we got other guys. Bag of bucks. Just come yeah. play, man. Yeah. So, you know, that's – you know, and, and to end on the uh, goalies that we were talking about early, you know, uh, Markstrom's going to Calgary. Holtby went to Vancouver. Cam Talbot's now in uh, um, Minnesota. So we got uh, – New goalie there and uh, Dubnik. Where'd Dubnik go? San Jose. San Jose. Corey Crawford's in Jersey now. So a lot of moves with the goalies, but uh, I just tons, to tons of moves. You know, you put Lundqvist in the mix there. I mean, I can't. I don't remember a season with that many goalies and you know, number crazy. one, number one goalies. You know, like Holtby, Crawford. I mean, these are these aren't like the second or third string goalies. These are people's number ones. It was like. The girls we slept with in high in high school. <laughs> Cheryl, let's switch. switch the- <laughs> Get them around. <laughs> they might not all be tens, but they were good enough. All yeah. right, boys, you can have this one. But you know, I, I like it. I do like it. I um, I like the movement. I I like uh you know this Taylor Hall thing. I still am you know just flabbergasted how he can get another eight million bucks when you know yeah that's true you brought that up like i don't know if there's another player in the league i mean derek said football that happens in football and baseball but i don't know about hockey marky you're right on that like this motherfucker is going (laughs) team to team fucking just clearing out their penny bank and fucking going on yeah, I mean, usually like a guy like that, if you're paying somebody eight, ten million, whatever, that guy's staying there. That guy is a Jack Eichel. That guy is your yeah. Austin Matthews. He's a, they're called franchise players, and they put that tag on that player, and they're they're there for a long time. Yeah, you see a guy that gets paid that much to be a suitcase in the league, it, it's unbelievable. And you know, so some people when he was saying, "Oh, it's finally somebody wants me," well, motherfucker, you just got paid in Arizona. You just got paid in New Jersey. You got paid in Edmonton. You know, I think they wanted you. Maybe you just need to fucking perform, man. Maybe he's got a new thing going. You know, him and his agent got a trick up there, so you working. Yeah, it's definitely working for him, man. And more power to him. Buffalo, I think they, they, they made probably some of the best moves in the league besides. Um, Ottawa's making some moves. Ottawa's going to be good up there. Montreal's got some moves. A lot of moves. It's going to be a good season. I'm excited. Yeah, didn't we see uh, Domi left? 
right? Don't, Don't be left. left. Yeah, Tory Krug, he signed a huge like Boston didn't even know like if they wanted to keep him or not, and St. Louis signs him for like crazy amount of money for you know. I in my opinion wasn't one of the best. I would say he's like the fifth best defenseman for Boston, and he goes to St. Louis, and he's got this crazy contract. Mm-hmm. I see Grizzlick just signed. Um, you know, they're, Chara's still not signed, so who knows about Chara? He's one of the biggest uh, RFAs on the list right now besides Granlin um, in uh, uh, Nashville. So um, I don't yeah, know. So, like That's a perfect example. Like, does does Boston give him big contract to stay there or is he another million dollar guy that goes somewhere else, you know, and they give him a million bucks for one more year. Is he going to fit is, you know, is he going to be a a jumbo Joe and go somewhere because they don't want to pay him? I I pay him big money. I don't think you pay him big money anymore. You know, God bless him. He's had an amazingly amazing, uh, Career. career in the league, but you can't, you can't continue to pay that guy big money, but I don't know, man, you can't, this is like 42 uh, years old, man. Yeah. He's, older than us. It's, he's kind of run the course, man. Run the course. Yeah. He's not worth to me over $2 million to sign him. Like 2.4 might be max with him, but with them getting rid of uh Krug, who knows what they're going to do. I, I wouldn't, I, I don't see him signing a two year contract one year max. And they got a lot of money that they're going to have to put up to keep pasta and Marchand and Bergeron and you know, how they got to keep the road, this team yeah. together. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they've got these guys at a discount right now and their contracts are up. I mean, we talked about it before. Like, I, I think McAvoy signed the stupidest contract in a long time, you know, like a $4 million <laughs> contract. Um, his buddy that played behind him, Krug, is signing a bigger contract. You look around the league, if you go look at Minnesota's defensemen, you know, when they're signing their guys for Spurgeon two million, and, and yeah, yeah. I mean, Spurgeon and uh, what's his name, uh, just signed for Brodine. Brodine signed for two million dollars more than McAvoy. I mean, this guy's been the second defenseman for the Bruins behind Chiara, who's going to be going right. I can't, you know, I think his agent needs to be fired, but. <laughs> You know, like you seriously. I mean, he, yeah. he's the number two guy there, and if you watch him play, he's an offensive-oriented defenseman that people want in the league. And I just every time I see a defenseman sign for more than four million that aren't the defenseman he is, I, I was like, "Fuck, poor guy, man." Yeah. But you know, they're signing shorter, shorter-term contracts now, so he'll get paid eventually. But I think yeah, he got yeah. fucked over. Well, he just had that concussion lingering over his head. If if he was going to get another one this year, would he be out? indefinitely or for another year or six months. So that was hanging over his head. Unfortunately, because you're right, Mark, I see him as, you know, the new, uh, who's going to take over uh, in the Boston. Uh, He'll be number one player. when Chara's gone. He's the yeah. like Chara obviously is number one, right? I mean, yeah. I think. I believe so. Yeah, he's 42 years old, right? So, but, you yeah. know, that's like, you know, we talk about, these smaller bridge contracts now. And that's why they're signing them because they know in a year or two, they're going to be the number one or number two. And yeah. Sign the bigger that's deal. exactly what the bridge is for. We haven't talked about Jordan Greenway, a uh, big friend of the program, obviously. And uh, he signed his deal with Minnesota. We touch on that briefly just to, you know, give him a shout out, you know, wondering whether him and Dumba, obviously Dumba is just what's going on with him. I, he's still in Minnesota, but um, that was a big, if, uh, you know, a month ago when we had him on the show, we didn't really bring it up with him. But 
you know, it's good to see Jordan get uh, a deal inked with the Minnesota Wild, and uh, I think he got paid pretty well, and he's got an opportunity to prove himself because uh, he's got a short-term contract, so I, I like that. Um, yeah, another bridge deal, another bridge deal, and see what he see what he can do. You know, obviously Jordan's from our hometown in Canton, New York, so we're always watching the Wild, and uh, um, you know. Signed uh, 2.1 million, two years, 4.2 uh, value. So we'll see what happens. They got rid of a lot of players. So Minnesota is another team that uh, had a shakeup out there. Got rid of Dubnik, like we said, going to San Jose. Koivu signed with uh, Columbus. Um, got rid of uh, Stahl. He's in Buffalo. Um, you know, Dumba, uh, Brodeen just got his new contract, a big contract. So it looks like. Dumbo will probably be traded through the season or, um, you know, I don't think Minnesota is going to let Dumbo just uh, skate over to Seattle for nothing. They definitely are going to trade him off uh, before Seattle steals him from them for two, you know, a couple picks in the draft, upcoming draft, and maybe a player or two because he, he's worth it. They can definitely get three to four players for Dumbo, three at least. And uh, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, Jordan uh, got a contract, so big season for him. Um, see if they can put him on a, a line and put him in front of the net and maybe a couple uh, uh, specialty units and put the puck in the net. So I'm excited for the season. Who knows when that's going to start? Um, like Andy was just saying, it was uh, January for uh, the WHL, which he coaches in, and now they pushed it back to February. So we'll see what happens in the NHL. Yeah, and you know Dumba. As far as Dumba goes, if, before he got hurt in that fight with um, uh, Kachuk in, in Calgary, he he was one of their best defensemen. And offensively, he was I think one of the top offensive uh, defensemen in the league at the time with points. Um, he just didn't get back there. It was a funny season last year, obviously cut short. Uh, tough season to come back and rebound after an injury. Uh, he comes back and has a season like he did two years ago before he got injured, I don't think there's any question that he stays in Minnesota. Yeah, he's not staying there. No trade him. Yeah. Billy's Billy's <laughs> building his own squad out there now, man. He's putting his stamp on it, so we'll see what happens. I see Galchenyak just went to Ottawa. They signed him for a uh, one-year contract. So, like he I said, I shit in Minnesota, though. I mean, like, realistically, uh, he didn't do anything there. When he no. came in, he didn't do anything for them as far as advancing that team into a better spot in the playoffs. A, he's a Pittsburgh boy, you know, and Billy's coming from Pittsburgh. So he's, he's bringing those Pittsburgh boys over. Um, you know, who, who did they just pick up uh, from Nashville? I know they picked a player up from uh, – Donato, Donato left. Where, Donato where did he go? San Jose with Dubnik. Yeah, so he, he got shipped out, and he was another player, which I liked Donato at times. And he did he did come in clutch a few different times because they bounced him on a healthy scratch a bunch. And, you know, if you watch some of their games, he did come through in the clutch a few different times scoring goals because he, you know, shoots the puck so much. Uh, so I, I did kind of like how he contributed, and but he was just a bubble player for them. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. And hopefully, I, you know, I thought he was a decent player. You know, a lot of people think he's a pretty boy. A Harvard guy, uh, you know, doesn't have the grit that some of us on this show like to see. But I think he'll do well out there. You know, he's going to find his mark. I don't think he's a guy that's going to get lost in the mix and, and get bumped back down. We yeah. talk about luck all the time. You know, it's, you know, for that kid, I think him finding the right place, being in the right right place at the right time will help him. He's a good player. 
I think when you you take when you take down his minutes and his playing time, you know you're gonna not notice him. But when when he gets ice time, you notice him. He's on the ice. He's effective. Throws pucks at the nets. Yeah, every t- chance he gets, and he's very effective in the Olympics. Um, when they had the the Olympics with Greenway and, and Donato and the other kid there, uh, uh, fuck the other college player. I can't remember his name. From uh, Minnesota. Sorry, I was just taking a leak. No, just saying, like, you know, how Donato was, was effective in the Olympics. You know, they oh, had yeah, yeah. Greenway, Donato. I mean, they had some kids, and Donato was one of them that really performed when, you know, yeah. a lot of the, some of the other guys didn't. So I think he'll yeah. do all right. What it boils down to, you guys, though, for Minnesota, I mean, you bring in a new GM a couple of years ago or whatever. They're going to, you know, that GM is going to basically wholesale out everybody and build his own squad. So. Yeah, I mean the guys that have the guys that are staying, he believes in them. You know, those are the those are the, you know handful of guys that he believes in. Jordan being one of them, obviously now, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna build a squad that he likes, and he's gonna put his own you know fingerprints on, and uh, the rest will be history. And whether he's successful or not, will we'll, time will tell. But you know, it's gonna happen. I mean, they whenever you get a new GM, man, they're gonna expunge you know a majority of those uh, you know ingrained players and they're going to build their own squad. So this is just part of the game. Yeah. yeah. And like Derek always says, you know, they're, they're, they don't have much time. Yeah. No. Speaking the of much time. Clock is ticking on all these fuckers. What the fuck is going on with Detroit? I mean, have you guys seen any big deals or trades with Detroit? Yeah, I mean, they, they were the got, worst They just got Bertuzzi. Away. They got Bertuzzi, which was a big pickup. I mean. They had Bertuzzi, right? Didn't they no, no, they picked him up. Um, and they picked up a couple other guys. I mean, they're not going to be anything special. They're not like Ottawa or Buffalo's uh, picked up some players who might, you know, could potentially do something in the playoffs. But they're rebuilding. I mean, they got Yeiserman, who's the GM now. Look at what he same did coach down. too. Look what he did down in Tampa. They just won. His team won the Stanley Cup. So, and they should have won it last year. So, uh, you know, Yeiserman will bring that squad back around five years. It'll be just like yeah. the Rangers. The Rangers are going to be moves. You know, maybe, you know, Pat, do you want to talk about briefly who's left in the free agency? Cause you talked, talked about that. They're, maybe we'll Detroit's going to build through the draft guys. They're going to build through the draft. It's going to be a young, young yeah. squad. Man. They're going to build a young, young squad. One of the worst, one of the worst teams in like the last, how many years? Like, I don't know, crazy 50 years. And Iserman's going to draft a bunch of players and build that squad up. It's going to be a young, young squad, a couple, maybe growing pains for a year or two. Yeah. Yeah. Bertuzzi got a one year deal, 3.5 million contract with the uh, Red Wings. Uh, They went uh, to arbitration. So yeah, maybe he was still on there, Mark. Uh, they just went to arbitration. That's what kind of confused me. But, you know, to end this podcast with uh, a few uh, restricted free agents that are still available, we already t- touched on Chara, you know, 43-year-old defenseman, oldest Ooh, guy in the doctor. league. You know, still he's unsigned. You got Anthony Duclair, uh, Ottawa Senators. You know, he's the right wing, scored 23 goals, 40 points, and 66 games with the Senators last year. Um, you know, so – He's still available. Michael uh, Granlin, you know, he went from uh, the Wild to Nashville. Uh, so he's still unsigned. They, um, he scored 67 points in uh, consecutive seasons with the Wild, but only scored 35 points in 79 games with uh, Nashville. You got Hala, 
Eric Holla, Mike Hoffman down in Florida, where you are, Mark. They haven't signed yet. Uh, older guy, 37-year-old, uh, Kovalchuk. Uh, you know, played with the Capitals. He's unsigned. You got Fat Pat Maroon, Tampa Bay. Um, you know, won the Stanley Cup his last two years. He's going to the May place, man. Won, won two cups back to back. He's a RFA. No, no one signing him yet. Uh, Soddenberg from the Coyotes, and uh, right down here where Robbie and I are, uh, Sammy Vatnin, um for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, you know, he. He played with the Devils last season before being sidelined, but um, he wasn't healthy all through the uh, Hurricanes. But he's a proven top four defenseman uh, for the Hurricanes. So a lot of uh, free agency still out there that uh, unrestricted free agents that haven't signed. So we'll see what happens. But I think the the two that stick out for me is uh, Chara and Granlin. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, still a lot of time, I guess. I mean, I don't know when the deadline is because everything's all fucked up, but. Yeah, we'll still see some stuff. I, I would see Hoffman down in Florida maybe staying. Um, they haven't made too many moves that I've seen anyway. Um, you know, they got rid of Trocheck, which was a, a big void that they had to fill. Uh, right here in Carolina, Trocheck. Yeah, I think he's a good player. I mean, I, he's I mean, a good player. Big play. pickup for Carolina. Yeah, I, I liked him. I mean, when I went to watch the, the Panthers game, they had his fucking picture all over the stadium like he was their franchise guy. He's, he's good looking. <laughs> you mean he's he's no man rocket like Lundquist, but yeah, you know, not too bad. So, boys, that was another uh, another good podcast. It's nice to have Andy Mogon, a uh, friend of the program, and you know have him on talk about uh, Joey Mosh out, out in uh, the Oiler country. Uh, you know, it's just it's kind of cool to see these these stories. You know, like we had our our managers uh, in high school. Um, sixty nine. Yeah, Pete Carvel and the guys that you know that, that they might have had uh, their own issues, but the, everybody you know loved them as far as as you know being part of the team, right? You know, yeah. they could never be participants in the, in the sport because of their mental, um, just whatever you call it, illnesses, Disability, uh, disabilities. But uh, to keep them involved and give them an opportunity to be involved with the guys was awesome, Great, even, yeah. even with our teams that we were on. And, and, and you know, that, I'm sure that's the same kind of feeling that the people with the Oilers had. Obviously, he's never going to play in the NHL, but he's a special person to them. And, um, you know, what he brought to, you know, some fun. And I'm sure there was some fun and enjoyment to have him in the locker room. Oh, for sure. And to lighten the mood, you know. So yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool to see. I mean, everything I look at, you know, you, you look at Twitter feed and, and how much he comes up. Uh, you know, it's it's too bad that that shit, you know, doesn't come up until they pass away. But, yeah. um, you know, now you're seeing how much support he really had. It's pretty yeah. cool. He got, uh, I think he got inducted into the uh, Hall of Fame in Canada yeah. for equipment manager. Yeah, something like that. Hall of Fame out there in Edmonton, whatever. Mm-hmm. Very he cool, was man. also involved with the, uh, you know, football. the Edmonton, uh, yeah, football team too. So, and he won like the seventh man award, I think, in hockey, yeah, in uh, the NHL, which was a, which was a big deal to him. You know, I know. Uh, Special, special guy, man. It's, it's, it is interesting, like you say, Mark. I mean, it's just there's so many like underlying things that you don't see about professional sports, amateur sports, people that contribute that you just would never even think of. And uh, he was a big part of the Edmonton Oilers organization. And it's really neat to hear, to hear his story. So it's, it's yeah. great, man. 
Yeah. Like you said, lighten the load of the team. Like everyone's all making hundreds of millions of dollars, and then you yeah. got uh, Joey walking in the locker room handing a comb to your captain because his hair is messy and that just lightens <laughs> the load. So telling you to get your together. Yeah. 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 And you're like, come on, man. Right. But it's good fun. Yeah, definitely for sure. Let's just uh, bring it up to uh, Dormy head covers again. Um, you know, definitely a big part of our our podcast tonight, and proud to be a uh, sponsor of our program here at Blue Line Hockey Club. So check them out and use BLHC for your promotion code to get a little discount on no shipping fees. And uh, we have some head covers coming to us, you know, which is great. We'll probably have it for like a couple weeks before leaving on a tee box. Tea box. But you know. I just lost the tea cover last week, unfortunately. So maybe Ooh, they can make one for a, for a yours then. We'll have to put like up the, hybrid. the strings on them like they did back in your mint. <laughs> right. Yeah. Put them yeah. in the bag. That's for sure. But good, good podcast. Good to have Andy Mogon, and it's nice to see these guys come on uh, multiple times onto the program. It gives us some some good positivity that we're doing things right around here. All right, boys, it's been another fun one. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice. Tell ya! Bill! Oh, doctor! Keep your head up.